In the watch fam, as with any type of hobby or collecting community, you'll hear people refer to themselves as enthusiasts. So for instance, I'm a watch enthusiast. And as an enthusiast, you ha are enthusiastic about sharing and learning and even flocking to the latest thing that is in your hobby sphere. Well, rewind one week ago, and there was a lot of enthusiasts surrounding a plastic watch that contemporarily broke the internet and in its past went to the moon and back. I'm AJ Barsay, and you've tuned into the Analog Explorer podcast. Read about my analog manifesto, my passion for photography, and my love of travel and watches in print or online at analogexplorer.com. So if you're unfamiliar with the reference that I just threw out, about a weekend ago, Swatch, the colorful watch company out of Switzerland that was created in the 80s, and Omega, or Omega, depending on which side of the Atlantic you come from, partnered together to co-create a new watch on the design aspects that come out of directly the Omega catalog of design. Now, I have to kind of preface a little bit here because if you're not familiar with these two brands, Swatch, they're not just the colorful plastic quartz watches that you maybe find at, you know, duty-free airport shops. They are also a huge conglomerate holding company of several Swiss watch manufacturers, not just Omega, but Breguet and several others are under that Swatch family umbrella. So really, with Swatch and Omega coming together, it's more like, you know, two family members coming together at a Thanksgiving dinner to co-cook something together. You see, the Moon Swatch is a reference to the Speedmaster Moon Watch that goes all the way back to the early days of space exploration and the original rocket men of NASA going up into space and eventually touching down on the moon's surface. The original Omega Speedmaster was there for all of it. So when it comes to enthusiasts, there's a lot of different enthusiasts around this watch. Whether you're an enthusiast of space or science or exploration or speed, a Speedmaster really touches on all of those communities of enthusiasts but it's quite inaccessible for common people. Speedmasters, and there are several of, of them, there's not necessarily all of them are space related. Speedmaster is really a chronograph. It's, it's a stopwatch on your wrist. So if you're into racing or cars or motorcycling or uh, anything in that, that regard, a Speedmaster is a good tool for that outside of, you know, if you just love space but they can be quite costly, starting at around 5,000 US dollars and going all the way up to the higher end of tens of thousands of dollars, depending on its limited availability and the material that it was made. The Speedmaster, for all intents and purposes, is quite inaccessible and as a tool, almost impractical in today's digital age for the common person. And that's really where Swatch kind of stepped in on this. With their history being born in the 80s in the quartz crisis and saving really the Swiss watch industry with providing 
a Swiss offering of quartz watches that are accessible and more in the fashion vein, it unstuffied really the, the old mechanical guard that was the Swiss watch industry in the 80s. Because at this time, the Japanese, Seiko in particular, was really cleaning their clock, pardon the pun, with their new, more affordable and higher accuracy quartz movements. And so the Swiss had to respond somehow, and Swatch was their response. And out of it, Swatch had a faithful following ever since the 80s, really falling in the vein of fashion and also a little bit more avant-garde, being able to have a pop of color or to be able to use a watch as a statement piece. And that's really where the fun of Swatch comes in. And again, this is during an era, the 80s, where if people didn't find watchmaking or watches fun, they were going to die. And that's kind of the same time frame that we're in right now. In the digital age that we're in with smartwatches and connected devices, really up until really the pandemic, watches were kind of a niche thing. But something's happened in the last two years, whether it's people being overly connected or maybe wanting something more sentimental or really just want to have something that is a fun statement piece about a person. Watches have kind of come back into the mainstream. And I mean, actual analog watches, not just connected watches. I can say this because as I opened up my mailbox this last week, I got my copy of GQ US and in GQ, it, they had an eight page feature dedicated to the new wave of watch collecting. But with that, there's also a downside to anything that is kind of coming back into vogue and that's hype. And it's this culmination of Swatch, Omega, hype, enthusiasts that really this episode is going to dive into. And not just the, the moon swatch itself, but also what this whole moment really kind of brought to a head for watch folk. And you're going to get it from two watch folk themselves. Uh, I invited my good friend and mate across the Atlantic over in the UK, Dan. He goes by at timely underscore moments on Instagram and is the host of the Zulu Time podcast to talk about the moon swatch because him and I both were trying to get our hands on one or if not three in my case, more on that in a little bit. But also really during the week of this launch, we were we were really enthusiastic. We were excited about this watch because him and I both were talking to watch folk and muggles uh, alike, and we were all really excited about it, especially at a price point of 260 US dollars. This was a watch that was really intended for anybody or everyone who wanted to have fun with this notion of a Speedmaster and what it represented. And especially because if you were still a lover of space, it was really up your alley because these moon swatches were themed off of the 11 celestial bodies in our solar system from the sun to the dwarf planet Pluto. So what's not to love about this whole idea of accessible, fun colors on a design aesthetic that is steeped deeply and rooted into science and fanfare of many different enthusiast groups? This was a talking piece for watch fam and muggles alike. And on top of that, 
we were kind of like two school kids. We were talking about how fun this was and what we might be doing with it. And again, me as a self-confessed non-chronograph guy, I was looking forward to having my first not only chronograph, but also a family of them, especially as my wife even appreciated the colors and funness of it. And my son really, really liked the red one. It's the aspect of fun, that swatch unstuffiness that really Dan and I tuned in on. And of course, because we're two watch enthusiasts, there's a couple of hot takes here and there. But I hope you enjoy. If you want to listen to a longer director's cut, go over and subscribe to the Zulu Time podcast wherever you like to get your podcasts. I do want to make mention that there is a little bit of salty language in in our interview because we were very enthusiastic about everything, but nothing that I would warn anybody that they have to go get earmuffs for your little if you're listening to this in the car. So on that note, the Analog Explorer, and the Zulu Time podcast. Right, big elephant or moon in the room. I'm going to hear from moon in the room because it rhymes. Amiga Swatch Pro. Yep. What do you think? What do you think? Well, so we, obviously, we discussed this and we didn't even yes. know anything about it because we both agreed <laughs> that both the initial, yeah, like, well, that and the initial, um, advert which was like a week before or half yeah. it wasn't even that i don't think it was like no. four days it was before. At the, i think it was the beginning of the week yeah yeah and it was just like a crown with oh uh, the amiga logo and yeah. then an x and then the swatch logo and we all agreed and everyone and i've spoken to other people about it as well and we all kind of agreed that we just thought it was a joke like you know it's coming up to april, april fool's. fool's day yeah like yeah. If, if this was an april fool's joke you would realistically have thought nah yeah. you know but obviously it's real it's yep. broken the internet and i for one love them i think the idea yeah, behind here. this is really cool um but obviously it's got hate there's been a lot yes. of hate about this and obviously you can tell me about your experience but i think before we get into the experience and the actual launch yeah. and the details of that i think we just need to quickly just tick off some details of amiga right mm -hmm. so and swatch as well so firstly obviously amiga guys have been around since like 1888 um Clearly, they they own effort. They don't own, but they own the you know the, the 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 links, as it were, with the Olympics, James Bond, and NASA. Like the three things, really, that are probably the biggest things in watchmaking. You know, in terms of events, marketing. in terms of like yeah. you know marketing and to the non-watch person. Now, yeah. I know that's kind of carte blanche across it all because there are other companies that have other really big ties but they'll only have one really, you know, or maybe two, you know, so Rolex off the top of my head, I know that they used to do F1 um, and only certain Grand Prix, and then they'd have the Ryder Cup, you know, and that's two, you know, and then Tag, another famous one would have other F1 racing teams, you know, and then Seiko have got one, the main one off the top of my head being the World Athletics with the athletics clocks, you know, but there's not many companies that can say that they've got all three. You know, I mean, yeah. they've got, you know, three big events like that. And yes, they're done to death. Yes, people kind of think, oh, no, not another iteration of the Seamaster with the 007 yeah. on it and all that. Another kind of stuff. LE, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I get it. You know, they do milk it. But I'm not being funny. If you own the company, you would also milk it to death, too. Sure. You own the IP. You know? It's your property. Exactly. You know, however, that being said, I think in the last five years, we've seen, I think I would say that I've seen, terms of like the technical 
watches and the specifications that Amiga put out of two, uh, now for the money that you buy them for. Now, this is it, guys. It's all relevant. They are expensive watches. I'm not about to say they're not. But for mm -hmm. what you buy, for what you are willing to spend, you get a watch which is effectively just the pinnacle of timekeeping on your wrist for an automatic movement or handwell movement, just mechanical movements in general. That meta certification on paper is insane. The warranties on it are insane. And the fact that you can type your serial number of your watch on the, web on the website to see the exact timing specifications that your watch hit as well is mental. And there's no, other, there's no other company that does that. I don't care what you say. And yes, they all do cut that in terms of they will test them, but they don't allow you to type your serial number in of your watch to see exactly where it came. You know, so I think in terms of technical ability, I think in terms of materials that they use now, um, and also more importantly, again, the other big moon in the room for Amiga is availability. You can yeah. walk into any AD and buy an Amiga. Well, you Pretty can go to all an AD the, all and there's, there's yeah. Omegas in the boutique. Like yeah, there's actually exactly. watches in the boutique. You know what I mean? Maybe like, not swatches, I, but yes. Maybe not swatches, but, oh, but they are now in the windows of some of them, but you just can't buy True. them from there. But, but you know what I mean? The point being is that if you have that kind of level of money to burn, you want, mm -hmm. an, oh, want that one mechanical aspirational watch, be it a Speedmaster, a Seamaster, um, an Aquaterra, all the other lines that they do, which I think some of them are fantastic, by the way. Right. Um, you can go and buy tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And if it's not in store, they'll order it in for you because they're, they're available. Mm -hmm. Unlike Rolex slight dig there but you get the point swatch right moving on to swatch guys swatch stands for second watch and this is what i don't understand why people are kicking off about this launch swatch stands for second watch it was launched in 1983 and it brought the fun back into the swiss watchmaking industry guys if it wasn't for swatch we wouldn't have the switch the swiss watchmaking industry as it is today mm -hmm. because they, they brought it. it out of they saved it they saved it from, uh, you know, um, effectively, you know, the Japanese watch market. And that's not, not a problem with the Japanese watch market at all, because obviously we've got G-Shock, we've got Seiko, we've got Citizen, all other brands that I also enjoy. But in terms of the Swiss industry, if it wasn't for Swatch, it would not be the way it is now. It would literally be little elves in little wooden huts with candles <laughs> still. In the Jura Mountains. Yeah, exactly. You know, hammering balance springs out of paper clips, you know. <laughs> It wouldn't be the powerhouse that it still is today, you know, but I think, and correct me, well, I say correct me wrong, but, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. It's this launch has brought the fun back into a very serious industry. Like I said, if you look at the, you know, the pioneering like aspects of Amiga in terms of what they're putting out, you know, same with Rolex, the other seriousness of availability, waitlist, proving that you have buying history with bloody ads yeah. and you know um just jewelers to buy a watch and you sit there kind of this is ridiculous you mm -hmm. know this i think is another reason why other people are going to outside of the swiss watchmaking industry and buying grand seikos because they're available you know and i think the other side of it is again before we go into your side of it but the fact that they launched it the weekend before watches and wonders oh wait you didn't think that was that was completely just not planned right like to dominate the press i mean uh, yeah i mean apparently everyone's Total like, oh, coincidence. such a surprise oh yeah like they forgot. well just yeah. so you're aware guys i did some research swatch are not affiliated to any international watch show so they can launch whenever they like mm -hmm. so clearly they've just gone 
boom, have that, you know? Uh, the only final bit I've got before we said to talk about other bits to do with this launch and like our overall opinion on the watches as well is there was a lot of hate on is this a collaboration or is this not? Mm-hmm. Now, me and you laughed about this a little bit and I'm going to just say it outright, which is quite funny. It's they're the same group. You know, it's the yep. luxury end. Swatch, of... Swatch owns Omega. Let's let's not forget. Yeah. Swatch owns it's... Omega, Breguet. Uh, Tissot, I can't remember yeah. all of the dozens uh, that are underneath there. Longines, I believe. I don't, I can't remember the Longines. Basically, guys, anything with an ETA yeah. movement is Swatch Group. That's Etta. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, they own it, effectively. They can collaborate with whoever they want. Would we have yeah. kicked off as much if they had gone, it's a Tissot Swatch? Probably not. No. It's just because it's Omega and it's a watch well, it's that a has its speed. Well, it's a Speedmaster and it has its own cult following, which we're going yes. into in, in a bit. But, you know, like I said, I think it's injected fun into it. I think it is, I class it as a collaboration and I think it's cool. The way I see it is, it's like the, the material um, and the manufacturing and the design has almost come from Amiga. But the fun and the and the fun, the price point and um, the actual components are at the level of a swatch. Yeah. And I don't see a problem with it. You know, it's that know. hot. It is that high end luxury combined with that high street availability. And it's mm-hmm. come together and it's broken the Internet. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's 11 watches, if I remember rightly, for all of the heavenly bodies in our solar system. So from the sun to the dwarf planet Pluto. They all take inspiration from various other Amigas, which we're going to go into, because obviously yeah. I am a big fan of some of these design cues that they've used. Um, they're all made out of bioceramic, which I've kind of read into as posh plastic. Again, it's, it's, no, po- that's it's my... posh plastic. Yeah. But I mean, it, is, know, it pop- is cool that it is, they, they are using castor oil-based plastic. Mm-hmm. And given I'm a technologist, like we use corn-based PLA uh, in okay. the shop that I work with. And so like, yep. you know, I, I can appreciate the fact that they're using, yeah. I, I, now I don't have the spec sheet on bioceramic. So like, for instance, uh, is it UV degradable versus biodegradable? So like, I, I can't really speak to the fact that this is going to be better for the environment, but I still like the fact that it's, it is, there is a bio component to it. You know, it's not just, yeah. I mean, if they'd use like recycled ocean plastic, I think that would like, if they did that for, you know, any watch, I think that would be better because mm-hmm. you're not making new. But regardless, like I will, I will give it its due to the fact that there is bio-based, non-quote fossil fuel, yeah. Um, yeah. plastic in it. Yeah, and I think that is, I think that's brought uh, an element on of again. I don't obviously follow Swatch as much um, mm-hmm. as Amiga because I don't own a Swatch. This will ideally uh, touch wood if I do get one in, in the next few weeks will be my first Swatch, but. I think it's highlighted another side of it, which Amiga do very well. It's that charity conservation piece that people forget. Mm. You know what I mean? And like I said, the, that documentary that I put in my last show notes was all about the challenge of deep, you know, and yeah. and that and, and that was yeah, that was the exploration, but it also tied into it like the wider piece on that ex, ex, um, exped was about ocean conservation. So you know, I think it's brought in a little bit of an aim maybe that Amiga mm-hmm. slash Swatch want to bring in, which is this idea of reusable, renewable sources and materials. You know, yes. and I think that's also you know that I think has helped this launch um, in a positive way for those who aren't into watches 
should we say? Yeah, because it's totally. it's 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 in keeping with you know um, all the other rhetoric that we see in the world. Um, so yeah, anyway, so cool cool um, case material. Um, the size is, is exactly the same as Generation Four Speedmaster. Um, the movement is a four dual quartz movement, and I hate to say, AJ. Um, when we initially spoke, I said it had 100 meters water resistance. I got it wrong because that was off it's, an initial forum. It's, it's only 30, but that is actually the same as a vintage Speedmaster from the 70s. Um, cool. You know what I mean? Fine, whatever. I'm just saying, guys, you probably could still get away with washing the dishes and washing your hands with it. And, you know, maybe easily, fall, easily. Falling, in, falling into a pool, you know, by accident on summer vacation or summer holidays, whatever you want to call it. You know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Right. I clearly like them. What do you think? Uh, I, I loved them. Like, so the going back to your, your swatch comments. So this isn't, this wouldn't be my first watch. I actually, um, that bag of uh, random watches that I got for free off of Craigslist so that my son could learn how to put a watch together and fix it and call his own. There was a swatch in there. Um, he didn't, he chose not to go with it because he liked the, the diver kind of watch like Dada's that was there. But the, the thing about Swatch that I wanted to point out is this bioceramic is not, this is not the first time they've used it. Swatch has actually been using this with their other lines, um, for some time before this. So like the, the bioceramic isn't like new to the, to Swatch. Um, they just chose it, that material to do with the, the moon swatches. But I love I love everything about this. Like I'm not a chronograph guy, as I think I mentioned even on your previous episodes. Like I I don't have a real reason to have a chronograph, and I feel like even if I did, one I know that the service on them are is a lot more expensive. It's not really my jam. And on top of that, like I feel like if I had a chronograph and it, I would I would run the chronograph and I forget to stop it because Lord knows I I do that with even my bezel. I'm like oh my tea is steeped for ten minutes. Whoops, you know like for me I don't have a need for a chronograph and that's why these were right up my alley like the price point's right it's an aesthetic that i like they're in fun colors uh, and i'm a family man so much so my wife wanted one and then my son obviously that's where this whole start is my my son wanted the the cool red watch because I, I why not if you were five years old and you saw this you would want that too like it was just cool mm -hmm. he didn't care that it was an alaska project not he didn't care about the the fact that it was made out of bioceramic he just thought it was cool because dad likes watches and that was the color he wanted. Like, that's what I loved about this going into this. That's what you and I talked about. We were like kids, Dan. Like, literally, you and I were texting each other, like, hey, this is really cool. Dude, did you see this? Like, the build up to this watch, there was a lot of hype, sure. But before the hype is the part that kind of broke the release of this. But it was that um, excitement of, like you said, it is something that is new. I'll put that in air quotes. The fact that this Swatch and, and Omega collaborated to make a, a, a Speedmaster that was accessible-ish to people. And they didn't take themselves so seriously. Like the Swiss industry typically in watchmaking takes themselves so damn serious that it it's it's kind of that high snobbery. Like a lot of people, like I, I lovingly call people that are not in the watch fam, like watch fam muggles don't care about a lot of the stuff that we do. They don't care about horology. Matter of fact, if mm -hmm. I bring that up, they don't even know what that word means. They just see it as cool. There's like Apollo type relation to the Speedmaster and oh, Omega, I've heard of that. James Bond wears those type of watches. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's affordable and I can get pretty colors. Awesome. 
I talked yeah. to two muggles that I work with and they, they're swatch people. Um, both of them had swatches growing up and stuff. Um, both of them, when I showed them this, they didn't even hear about the announcement because they're muggles. I showed them this and they were like, done. I'm going to get one of these when they hit online because they look fun. One of my colleagues literally said, she was like, I would be down for any of these. I would have been really down if they had the Snoopy on it because that's all she knew that that was also an astronaut thing. And she loves mm -hmm. Snoopy. Like those type of conversations as a watch fam person to muggles was great for the last week. Cause yeah. I didn't feel like the odd man out of like, yeah, I wear an Aries or I wear a Baltic or, you know, it has a Miota versus an Etta. Like nobody cared. It was just, these are mm. fun and cool. And it's yeah. space. Who doesn't like mm. space? I just think, like I said, I think they nailed it. I think like the hype around it and the fact that like you said, you could talk to anyone about this. You could yeah. show anyone these and people would like, that's cool. I'm down. You know? Yeah, I'm down. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I worded it to you as possibly the coolest summer watch totally now you know we obviously don't know how long this has been in the pipeline this could have been oh maybe even two years yeah yeah you know, maybe this could be pre pre-pandemic you know in terms of you know in the pipeline to be released but like if anything it's made it better because you know the world's kind of opening up now you know and people are going out to do stuff and that was something else which i really liked uh we're going to get onto the negatives of this part it's the initial release being you have to go to a swatch boutique. A now, specific swatch boutique. Specific swatch Exactly. So we saw this, obviously, we were talking, we were texting like children, uh, we were seeing all the <laughs> videos that were coming up and all the little, you know, posts on the gram and all this kind of stuff. Now, I live pretty near, between a large town and, and a very, the second largest city, I think, by population in UK. I email both swatch places thinking he's just going to be everywhere uh, 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 uh. closest one to me is london in 200 uh, 180 miles away at the same time as even though i was gutted because clearly i had also as we spoke about earlier i had already planned so i wasn't going to make it there however i reached out to my muggle friends not in the watch fam yeah. who lived in london who happened to be going into that in into london that day and said you know what dan you're a good friend I will give up a couple of hours of my morning across yeah. the rest of the admin that I'm going to do in London that day anyway for you. Now, this was where I found that quite funny, was trying to coordinate and trying to explain to this watch muggle, you have to get there early, right? And how I basically said, if you're not there before 7 a.m. in the morning, because at the time we didn't know how many were going to be in the shops, we didn't know how big this thing was we only knew it from our point of view from what we saw i was like you're not getting one like i knew that for a fact my yeah, friend wasn't there before seven eight o'clock in the morning they weren't getting one yeah needless to say they rolled in at half eight thinking that that would be an acceptable time the queue outside covent garden was a mile long that is mental it was a mile long just so you're aware right the city of London, so the actual old city of London is a square mile. It is one of the smallest cities in the world, right? The capital city, the city of London, traditionally is a square mile. That's mental. Put that into perspective for you. So obviously she didn't get one. Absolutely fine. I really appreciate that she tried. But what she did tell me was that from what she heard in the line, was that there was only three 
watches sold all day from Covent Garden Boutique. Because that was shut down by the... It got police. shut down by the Metropolitan Police. Because people got rowdy, people started yeah. pushing and all that kind of stuff. Mark over at Janowat, he sent me a message saying that, I think it was in Melbourne, people had been camping out for 48 hours before. In the morning yeah. off, at like five in the morning, 50 people got off a bus and just like crowd surged the front. So even the people who camped out two days before didn't even get one. That's mental. You know what I mean? And I watched a vi- another video. It was really good. Uh, it was by Time and Tide. Now, I don't necessarily agree with how they filmed it in such a way that some of it is clearly advertising for other people who are affiliated to Time and Tide. Obviously, you can tell that. But the point being is, is that they went to one of the boutiques near them and just with a mic and a camera and interview people just to see the demographic of people in the line. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty impressive. There was a watchmaker. There was a child who'd just seen one and just liked the color. There was yeah. watch guys. There was non-watch guys. There was people who just remembered the first swatch and yeah. went, that is cool, you know? Um, and then they obviously actually went inside the boutique as people were getting the watches. And in that boutique, again, they said that the managers were told that each buyer was to get an experience. The experience in this boutique was three Three people allowed in the shop at any one time. They would come in, they'd get given a croissant and a cup of tea or a coffee. Awesome. And then they got to pick their watch. It was all, all the watches were out on trays, you know, gloves and all. Mm-hmm. And have that buying experience that you wouldn't right. get normally. And then have their watch boxed up and they could walk out. I think, right, if you're never going to buy a luxury watch because you're just not that way inclined. Yeah but you want this and you get that experience, you know what? That would make me into a watch guy. If I got treated really well for half an hour for £200, I'd be like, you know what? There might be something into this. I like the idea of getting into a little niche club, you know, and being treated well for buying something. And then feeling actually, you know, every time you look at your wrist, you kind of, not only do you think, oh, I've got a really cool watch because it's fun. It's got a different color. It's clearly got a cult following. But But then you you look actually, I had a really good experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something. And again, Waco over at the um, Revolution Watches said that this is the Amiga Speedmaster of the next generation. I True. think he was right there. And the other horrible caveat, not caveat, but the other horrible analogy I've got to this is recruitment adverts. People who are in the watch fam didn't necessarily understand this and thought that it was degrading the value of Amiga Speedmasters. It was hyping Swatch watches past what they're made of. And I saw some pretty horrendous posts by people who I would consider in the watch industry, horological industry and watch collectors, which I wouldn't expect from them over a watch. Like, and you sit down and kind of go, you're hating on this because you can't get one. You're hating on this because you're calling it plastic and you're hating on this because you're saying it's not an Amiga. Well, my first thought to that is fuck you big lad it's got the word amiga it's got yep. the word amiga on the dial and you know what i'd rather have a 200 pound amiga on my wrist than a 5000 pound swatch on my wrist because that's what an amiga is i'm just saying i'm throwing that out there and that's coming from an amiga owner i've got i've yep. got a couple you know but i'd rather be known as a bloke who's got a 200 pound amiga than a bloke who spent 5000 pounds on swatch so yeah, that, that's kind of like my opinion on it but AJ, you actually went there. You went. Yeah. You took your entire family to Canada. You crossed the border, guys. Yeah. 
admittedly he won't admit this, but he did actually have a bit of a job on in terms of photography over yes, the weekend. I, but I we'll pretend have, we'll yes. pretend we'll pretend that never happened, that you didn't actually sure. have to cross the border. But either way, you crossed the border from America into Canada and you went to AD. Yep, I did. I did. So the the game plan was it was three it turned into threefold. So um yes, I I did have uh some client work I had to do up in in Canada and I also uh co-aligned with the fact that my son is still in school. We haven't gone on to, to spring break for him. Um I work in a university and we're coming off of spring break and my wife is in university doing her second degree and she's on the semester system and it, it she's coming off of her spring break so it's like we never this spring break was never going to be like a family sync up where we would be able to take a week off type of thing so my wife had planned a a weekend just to go somewhere and because um uh, in, uh, on april 1st the requirements to go over the border will be loosened it'll be a lot easier for us americans to go uh, back across to to visit um, vancouver and lower mainland etc but um at the time that i had to go so uh i had to still get my covid test all, all of us had to get our covid tests we had to have our cdc vax cards we had to upload all of that to the canadian system um and which was fine like for us pre-pandemic we used to cross the border a lot i used to ride mm -hmm. with my mates in the dgr the English gentleman's ride in yvr so like it was it's not a big deal we're just doing it for the future anyway so that wasn't mm -hmm. really a big rub for us but um i had some client work um, my wife wanted to make sure I got at least a little bit of a family vacay before the, the, the next term starts up for me. And then this came out and I showed my wife um, and I've, she's, she's moved away from the muggle side. She's more of a watch fam. She's got quite oh. a few pieces now. Um, and much like me, she's not a chronograph person, but she looked at this and she goes, this is fun. Like I want the earth one. Cause it looks like Pacific Northwest colors. It's Seahawk colors. And I was like, okay. And I already said my son liked the red one. So I'm like, well, I guess we need to get a family of swatches. And mm -hmm. I was leaning towards Mercury. I like the Mercury kind of dark side of the yeah. mood feel. And so my wife's like, let's make, when you get done with your work, let's make going up to Canada and going, doing the whole swatch boutique thing. The, the we'll do, It'll be a, a fun experience because, mm -hmm. you know, um, my, my son has been dying to go to museums. Yes, I have a five-year-old and he likes museums. He's definitely his father's son. Love it. Yeah, there he is. He spoke so, to me, and, and he spoke to me about his favorite planet when we had a quick call, didn't he? It was just, yeah, it was all about that. Yeah, yeah, like he's just he's into science and stuff right now, and 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 adventuring. I mean, but like the thing is, is that my my wife wanted to make it a fun experience, and I told her, I go much like you said, like this is gonna be a, this is a thing, hun. Like we have to get there early, you know. And mm -hmm. so she called the mall, and she was just like, you know, because we had to go up to Burnaby. Uh, so uh, Burnaby to Bellingham is. I had to Google it before the call because I didn't remember how many miles it is. It's roughly yeah. about 48, 50 miles away from Bellingham plus the, the border crossing. Okay. Yeah. And so we're gonna, we had a hotel anyway, so it didn't matter. So we go up, or before we go up, my wife wanted to call because I, we don't know Burnaby, to be honest. Um, and so she's like, hey, you know, what doors are open at what time? Because uh, we're out of country and, you know, and it was funny because the gal on the phone goes, oh, are you calling because of the, the Swatch Omega thing? And my wife's like, yeah. <laughs> and literally she goes, she goes oh, well, um, the earliest one is, I think, King's, King's Street um, entrance. It'll open at uh, 7. And, um, you know, the, the mall doesn't open until 10. So we figured, all right, well, like you said, get there an hour or so early. 
and at least we'll get in because it was raining cats and dogs here and uh at least we'll be out of the weather you know and my wife god bless her she when she was a a, a kid her family used to do the whole beanie baby craze um and so like oh yeah 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 and also the harry potter book launch stuff and we've waited and like we're also gamers so i mean we've i've waited in game uh line for like midnight releases of, of certain titles and stuff and that was the experience we thought we were going to have where it's like all right we queue up like an hour or two early you know you get into the mall and like you know wait around like and and relatively speaking i did see that like people brought chairs and stuff and we we're all talking watches like and at the end of the day like it's kind of like harry potter books like there's just going to be a ton of them there and you know have a have a day of it so that's what we had built up in our head mm-hmm. that is not what went down <laughs> so <laughs> the, so we wake up the morning uh the morning of bright and early i think it was like five o'clock in the morning and uh we find uh, a coffee place and we're getting coffee and croissants and stuff and uh we get to the mall by like i don't know probably just just yeah maybe a little bit like 5 30 ish and uh we were waiting around and we're going around the the parking garage because that was the entrance that we were told that would be open early and there was a couple of guys kind of walking around and stuff and you know us watch guys have like a look mm-hmm. and it's funny because my wife turned uh, turned to me and goes they're watch guys aren't they and i'm like yes yes they are and so we park and i come out and meet these two guys and um are you and it's like you're here for the swatch thing yes awesome is this the yes this is supposed to be the entrance that opens up the soonest cool great and so we started talking and stuff because i didn't have data i'm, I'm not yeah. you know i don't have canadian carrier and so i was like what have you heard and stuff because i just i i texted you that morning it's like oh man they they dropped the the thing to one per person i might you know sorry mm-hmm. i won't be able to pick you up one you know, oh well, no big deal. And one of the guys is just like, yeah, there's there's like probably about a hundred people uh, up on the the upper um in the rain, at the upper entrance and stuff. And uh, yeah, there's been some people there that that started camping out there at four thirty yesterday. I was like, whoa, all right, well we'll see how this goes, I guess. Any any word on how many how many units are going to be at the boutique? And that was the one thing that everybody was just trying to collaborate mm-hmm. on, trying to find out how many units. Because at least the group of people that I found, we kind of had the mentality of like, hey, if it happens, awesome, what a cool story. If it don't, you know, whatever, they'll be on like, you know, they're not limited, whatever, they'll mm-hmm. show up eventually, you know, or I'll come back up and do it again. Like it's not a big deal in our book. That was not the case with some of the people in the line. I, I met somebody there that literally already had pre-sold one through uh, eBay. Uh, they were there to try to get one so that they could sell it, and they showed me the listing too. Like they had it, they had it sold at uh, fifteen hundred and fifty dollars Canadian. I mean, I can't do the currency conversion on that, but all I'm going to say uh, is that's a, a lot more than clearly than its yeah. retail. Yeah. And you know what I I find quite surprising about that. Yeah. is how blase and blatant he was about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and they were the only person that I, I met that was there as a, as a flipper. Um, the, mm-hmm. uh, there was another, another uh, uh, couple there that uh, had their son, and the father was rocking a chronograph, wasn't a speedmaster, but his son liked dad's chronograph. He was a little bit older than my son. And I was just like, hey, which one do you want? He goes, oh, I don't care. I just want one like my dad. And I was just like, cool, dude, like, that's really cool, you know, and, you know, it was that kind of atmosphere. And 
in the first hour with a bunch of texting, checking Instagram and stuff. And like I said, I was parlaying with these, these new guys that I'm, I, I caught up with and you know, they were just like, oh man, like the line apparently has grown to like 300 in an hour. Jesus. All right. Well, that's crazy. And then another person's just like, yeah, my wife's actually upstairs in that line. And I'm, this is weird. I'm getting, I'm getting a notification that they're moving the queue. What? Like, what do you mean they're moving the queue? And it's like, yeah, apparently there's a mad dash of people trying to reline up. Kind of like what you were saying. Like, you know, people are trying to jump the the queue based off of how long they were there and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's, that's shaft. That's weird. And then there were some people that got chased out of some of the other entrances to the mall. And what, what we all gathered was like Swatch and the, the, the Swatch Boutique and the mall security, like they, the mall property wasn't synced up. Like they were at least the mall, the mall security that some of the people had actually talked to early on, like they were just like, yeah, it'll be, you know, normal. We'll just kind of have everybody line up and stuff. They weren't prepared for this onslaught. They locked up all entrances, but one, the one that I wasn't at. Oh, well, but like (laughs) to have everybody up there and then like more and more, like, I don't know, the kind of more seedy part of the, this whole thing happened where, you know, uh, Swatch apparently came out uh, to the first 260, I can't do the math. Basically they had 24 of each unit at the, at the store. Mm-hmm. And so the first 200, whatever, who got an actual Swatch ticket would be, have a chance to go into the boutique and buy one. Well, apparently somebody tried to bootleg those numbers that morning Brilliant. to try to like cause confusion and stuff. Then uh, the Royal Royal Canadian Police was dispatched to the area because people were getting a little bit heated and stuff. And mate, like after two hours of standing in line, and once we figured out like the the door that we had sat at, you know, there's no, it was the wrong door because now they locked up everything except for that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm with my family. You know, I was just like, sorry, little dude, we're gonna have to get your red watch uh, later. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know not and so we went went to coffee and then when we came back an hour later i talked to one of the the royal canadian police and uh i was just like look you've probably had a hostile day i'm not gonna ask about i, I know about the whole swatch thing i, I i'm not here to ask that i just want to know like how's everything going because clearly these guys had to take a lot of crap from people because mm-hmm. people were heated i saw one get in, in, into an argument over uh, with the cop and he was like, look, if you got a problem, email Swatch, okay? But it's a watch, okay? If you're if you're if you're really butthurt about this, they're gonna get restocked next week, okay? Like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Walk on. Like, so I went up to him and I asked, I was like, you know, that's where I heard about the there was like fake tickets and people jumping the queue, and there was people trying to sneak in through different areas. And I was just like, wow, I am super sorry. And I'm not even from the country. I'm just like, yeah. wow, I'm super sorry. Yeah. Cause some of the reports I've seen where it's just like, you know, the flippers are the ones that profited from all of this and the enthusiasts missed out. I don't know. I'm an enthusiast um, Mm. and I'm still going to get one. I'm going to get three actually as soon as I can, but I'm not butthurt about it because, you know, if it happens, like I'm not going to be like running. Okay. I'm not the first on the Instagram to get it. I don't care. It was all about taking my family up for a a mini spring Mm -hmm. break and my son was going to the the there's a there's a space museum up in Vancouver and honestly mm-hmm. all he wanted to do was have the cool red watch that's you know dad says is related to space and he wanted to get in a picture of yeah. have a suit a little space suit that's mm-hmm. all my son wanted you know he didn't care about anything else 
but yeah, that was my experience. But um, yeah, to my my new mates in uh, Canada, like this weekend, you know, thanks for taking this yank in because yeah. I have data up there. <laughs> yeah. It's mental, man. It's mental. I mean, yeah. like I said, I'm glad that you know, on the like, the majority of people uh, obviously weren't that antsy kind, hostile kind. You know, I mean, I heard I got a text message. Um, I think it was about ten o'clock in the morning, like from uh, another guy in, in in the watch farm, and just went. Uh, I just got. Uh, he's like again from uh, a group that he's in. He went. Someone, someone in Bien got stabbed. Yeah, I've I've heard that, but I haven't seen an official report about it. No, but like, but if, even if it, you know, what I mean, if it's, I mean, yeah, e- it even, is, or if, even if it hasn't, you know, but but to, to to potentially escalate to that level of getting a plastic watch, you're like, this is crazy. Well, I think yeah. it's, I think it's a culmination of things. Like we've got, mm-hmm. like FOMO is at an all time high with um, pick any generation, mm-hmm. right? You've got speculators, like um, anything from digital assets like NFT to cryptocurrency to sneaker mm-hmm. culture that have hyped, and that's why I said earlier, like hype is what screwed up the launch of this. I don't think it screwed up the watch. The watch didn't, you know, it's not the watch's fault. And, no. and and I'm not absolving Swatch from everything. I think Swatch could have done a better job parlaying. And like I said, I'm still planning on getting them. I mean, it's, I don't think it's damaged. For me, it, it hasn't really damaged anything because I went into it, you know, for an experience, you know, not a boutique experience where they're going to silver mm-hmm. send it to me on a silver platter. You know, I just wanted to do it with my son and my wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and like I said, that was, that would have been something that would have um, been not only the watch to, you know, be the similarity across the, the collections as it were within the family, yeah. but like you said, you've all had that shared experience, you know, you, and you'll all remember different bits of that experience as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think that's really cool, really cool. Um, moving on to the watches themselves then, like, obviously yeah. you said that um, Dorian liked the mission to Mars and, yeah. you know, I like the mission to Mars. Well, I think, like I said, the, the, some of the design cues across, across these watches are just really cool. So um, I thought we'd take a little bit of time out before we kind of like close it down and then go on to close yeah. notes, just about, you know, some of the design cues that you've noticed, some of the things that you think would be are really cool um, in terms of like the overall project, you know, mm-hmm. what did you think when you went back in the afternoon with the family? Um, and saw all of them in the case. Yeah. No. I, I, th- like I said, I liked, there's, short of maybe the pink one, uh, even my wife, she does not like, the, she's not a fan of the shrink and pink mentality that is, mm-hmm. quote, gendered women's watches. Um, but uh, outside of the pink one, like there wasn't, there's not a one that like my wife and I didn't really not like. Um, like I said, shrink and pink is just not, it's not my thing, it's not my jam, and it's definitely not mm-hmm. my wife's. Um, you know, uh, the, the mission to the sun, the dial on it, like the, the, the press photo or the, the render photo, I think is, it doesn't mm-hmm. quite do it justice. Um, it's kind of a, it, it's bright and happy, but it's not as bright and happy as, as the, the, the render photo is. Um, same thing with like the mission to Mercury, which is the one that I was looking at. It's actually, I found it actually darker in person than it is on the, yeah. on the, the render photo. And so obviously Swatch is going to oversaturate and, you know, these are all, you know, shopped as you and I both know, yeah. but you know, all in all, like, you know, if you, if you've put on a Speedmaster before, you know what to expect on, on your wrist with the lug, the lug and everything else. Um, so I like, you know, my wife was like, Oh, maybe we can get, try you try it on and stuff. I'm like, why I've, I've had a Speedmaster on, I, I know what to expect, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, uh, no, it was, 
you know, my uh, my wife actually was funny. Uh, I showed her the all the watches before we went up, and she she goes, "Which ones are you think are going to be the ones that are going to be the hardest to get?" And I was like, uh, "The Moon Watch, yeah. Uh, the the Ala uh, not the Alaska Project, the the Mars, yeah. you know, the one that my son wants." And then I figured the um, the mission to Uranus, just because yeah. it's kind of that Tiffany blue. And my wife was yeah. just like, "That is not Tiffany blue. That is like baby pastel blue. Like it's a boy blue." And I was like, "Yeah, but not to watch fan people. They're gonna be like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. They just see you know? Tiffany blue. Yeah, nah, man. Um, but no, I mean they they're all they're all fun. Like um, the one thing about the like mission to Jupiter and the mission to Saturn, which are kind of brown and taupe." beige khaki whatever you want to call it i like like i like mission of jupiter but i'm not that's kind of saracote beigey coyote type of case type of person yeah um but i love the fact that they used like ultraman orange on the yeah the second hands and the chronos like i just yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many fun nods in all of these yeah yeah like even even the pluto one it's got the sub dials off the and the bezel off the 50th anniversary gold speedmaster to the moon you know it's that deep burgundy color you yeah. know like you said you've got the ultraman orange you've got um effectively a bay i'm gonna it sounds horrible to call it that but effectively a baby version of the dark side of the moon in, in the mission to mercury you've got um an alaska project you know people don't understand uh especially outside of watch fam uh, and maybe even to an extent, you know, because this is this is the other side of it. And again, I thought, you know, we could probably quickly cover this off. But guys, the Speedmaster is an iconic watch. It's got its own subculture within the watch fam, you know. And I don't even think a lot of people in the watch fam necessarily know all of the versions of the Speedmaster that came out. You know, you show someone an Alaska project and they'll be like, that's a white Speedmaster. Why has it got a big red shroud on it? Yeah. You know, but there was a reason for it. And and, and like, yeah. they weren't even like, there's not many people that I know who actually know why it's called the Alaska, uh, Alaska Project, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's a cool story in itself, you know, why they named it that, you know? Um, and I think, like I said, to bring that into a 200 pound watch where anyone can effectively get it when they're yeah. around, you know, it still beats paying 35, 40 grand for a real Alaska project watch. Right. And at that point, you, you can get one. You can get one. And then at that, and at that point, to, let's be honest, money is no object. If you're spending that amount of money on a watch, which fundamentally is a superfluous item that you don't need, because you can go and buy anything else, like a Casio for like nine pounds at the time, you know, at that point, Money is no object to you and you're just going to buy it anyway. But realistically, are you going to wear it? Probably not. You know, I think a lot of the Speedmaster owners who have limited editions, I think they fall into two camps. I think they either want it because it's a limited edition and they know exactly what that limited edition is about. Or they fall into that they just happen to buy it because it was in the shop at the time. They didn't know about it. So like mm -hmm. I met someone who have had a... Do you, uh, sorry, do you remember? You have to Google it because you'll see it, but it was an Apollo 11 50th anniversary one. So it was the first one. It was the first Snoopy watch with that whole eyes on the stars oh, enamel yeah, case yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I met a guy of all places in Kent on the high street. And I'd actually, funny enough, I'd actually just dropped um, an Amiga off to, to, to be serviced with, with the little um, service center there. And I, I, I kind of stopped and I was like, oh, mate, like, 
cool watch you know like yeah. that and he's like oh yeah you know he goes i just like space and you're like yeah but that, exactly. that like uh, like that that, that you know what that one is and he's like yeah i like space i like the fact that it's got the apollo 11 and i like the fact that it's got snoopy on it and i just turned around to him and i said did you buy that brand new when it first came out he went yeah i was just in the right time the place at the right time he goes i actually had the normal one like yeah, he goes i had the normal one at the time and he goes and like this one was a little bit more and then i just kind of thought yeah well you know what i mean like he and he was torn he said at the time of saying that he actually wanted the normal non-special one because you said that was closer to the one that obviously the astronauts get given for space missions mm-hmm. and he then changed like the the shop salesman basically did you know their their wonders i guess and and, and made you know a, a bit of a bigger sale profit that day being you know selling the limited edition but i don't think he realized how much money that is now worth yeah. you know and it's it, it's mental like that watch is at least 12 grand now yeah you know and at the time you probably bought it for four and a half because it was maybe. the 50th anniversary maybe yeah you know but i mean that that's it's things like that like you know that person's into it because they like snoopy like my my, yeah. my colleague she was in the same boat like if it had a snoopy she'd be like i'd mm-hmm. almost want to go up to canada with you but i'll yeah. wait yeah. but here's what's great about all this like it doesn't matter if you're watch fam or a, a watch muggle you know, we can like we can talk about these fun, these fun mm-hmm. watches, and us that are aficionados can go like, oh yeah, this is like the Ultraman. Oh yeah, oh, I know Ultraman. That's like that that old school Japanese like manga yeah. robot thing, or you know, or the Alaska Project, or mm-hmm. you know, Dark Side of the Moon, or any of these, yeah. and we can have a conversation, and you know, you don't you don't feel awkward. It's just like, no. oh, that's really cool, or that's really yeah. fun, or. If you're just like my son, I just want the red one, Dada. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And like I said, I just think I just think it was such a good move. And more importantly, yeah. it is destroyed any what hype that's around. You know, <laughs> any of the upcoming releases next week. You know, today I saw a Rolex advert. Same here. And Same I, here. the Sky Dweller uh, looks like the it's Sky gonna Dweller is going to come refreshed. Um, I think a Yacht Master is going to get refreshed. Because obviously they've already they've already done a um, uh, the Submariner, yeah. So they're not going to do that unless they bring out a solid gold one that I may have missed in forty one, you know. But it doesn't matter because I was listening to another podcast and the point of view was very very similar. It was like it doesn't matter what Rolex release anymore because it's just a small iteration or a bezel change or an indice change or a dial iteration on a watch that I already cannot get hold of. (laughs) 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 you know know, i'm gonna take my money elsewhere it doesn't matter you know um so yeah you know i I just think it's been really interesting to see all of the all of the the media i think in general that's come out of it and you know what the meme war the memes that have come out of this have been fantastic yeah like, Amiga, you need to do more collabs just for my sheer entertainment. It doesn't matter. You know, um, I think the final question or the final bit that we can top off of is, do you think this is the start of something within the Swatch group? Do you think we could expect this to happen? I mean, I think it can go one of two ways. You've saturated now with all these different models and it just becomes boring you know, or you just leave it at this one thing and that's it, you know? So I kind of take it. So Swatch, like being a kid of the eighties and growing up in the nineties and stuff, like 
I kind of see Swatch as the um it's always the, the like the younger brother, younger sister, the younger sibling, right? And you may be the older brother, you're more bespoke, you know, you've got your speed master. Swatch is always going to be the person that's just like, you're too stuffy. Let's let's make it pop. And I kind of feel like if we if we take this the Speedmaster at what it is a mechanical watch that is an, uh, a piece of um, uh, kinetic art, okay? Mm -hmm. Swatch is the kind of person that's just like cool. You are we're gonna Banksy the shit out of this. Like you're mm -hmm. you're high class art. We acknowledge that, but it doesn't resonate with street folk or doesn't yeah. or or contemporary folk. And I kind of feel like that's what, what Swatch is doing with Omega, is taking the stuffiness, the snobbery out of it, as it were. I'm not going to say it democratizes. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's it's a watch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But as an art piece, like if we were to say like um, Monet gets street artified onto a skateboard, we think that's cool. This is kind of that same vein for me, where it's that little mm -hmm. edgy, like this is a partnership between Mario, uh, sorry, uh, Nintendo and Vans to make a limited edition kicks, yep. right? That's how I see this. And, yeah. you know, I think it's cool. You know, I, I, I'm not going to hype it up any more than it is where it's just, you know, a plastic watch and mm -hmm. they are street artifying it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to do like the Seamaster out of bio no. or a, a reclaimed plastic or anything like that. I don't really care. No, I don't care. And, and, and fundamentally, even if, the, you know, if they did it, you know, you know that you're not going to get the same levels of engineering in it. So what's the point, no. you know, and, no. and, and fundamentally, you know, I think the other side that is, is if anything, the other side that we probably have touched on in a roundabout way, but it's, I think that it shows that Amiga um, know that, they know their client base. Mm -hmm. They know that they've got diehard fans, but they also yeah. know that they can reach out and bring, have fun and take a bit of a risk and bring more people into it, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's only gonna be good marketing for them. You know, even the bad side of all this that's come out yeah. here, we're still talking Moonswatch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're still hashtagging Moonswatch. You're still doing Amiga Swatch, you know, Swatch Amiga. It's yeah. all going back to Swatch Group and Swatch Group are just sitting there going, thank you. I'll yeah. take all of it. Now, you know? one thing I will now one thing I will say about this whole event is I hope the Swatch Boutique folk got like hazard pay or they're getting like ample amount of like <laughs> break from this. No, I'm serious. Cause like yeah. they yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even 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 the mall cops, you know, they got hassled, harangued, or like yeah. this is all like that. That was not cool. Like, no, um, no, no. and that's where I said like earlier. I wish Swatch could have been a little bit more coordinated or targeted, um, or hell, taking a page out of like um, video game folk, where you go into the boutique and you know, you know, put in your pre-order as it were, and then mm -hmm. you know, if they're if they were going to do the numbering thing, like they did at least at at the the Barn uh, Burnaby store, like. Yeah. Just do that in advance and you still get the same bump. You still get the same PR and nobody gets hurt. Like that yeah. was the one thing that I, like my, my wife even chimed in. It's just like, it's not fun when you either change the rules or people get hurt because yeah. that's not what this is about. So yeah, that's, that's my jab at, at, at Swatch. They're not completely yeah. absolved in my book. No, 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 they're definitely not. And I also would say as well, I think they, you can say they either underestimated it or yeah. it's a little bit where you know what they'll drive up the hype for the first couple of drops by lim limiting how many are in each shot 
possible. You know? But I mean, like, this is not Swatch's first rodeo with um, no. collabs and, and limiteds. Like, you can get, like, I, I, I don't follow Swatch because I'm not in that whole urban, like, street culture. And I know they've mm -hmm. done a lot of collabs like that where you get yeah. like the whole suitcase set and there's one in there that you can only get if you get the entire collection. But it, yeah. you, you'll you'll see like 50 people queued up for those type of things. It would, you know, maybe that's what they had with in mind with this. I don't know. Like, and no, none of us will really know unless Hayek gets on the mic himself, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And really, like I said, you know, um, moving forward, hopefully like Swatch does the enthusiast and the actually it doesn't matter how you how you identify like whether you're a moon enthusiast or a watch enthusiast space enthusiast or you just like bright color silly watches enthusiast mm -hmm. if you want to get one at the end of the day hopefully you get one like and yeah. and, and however yeah. they make that that's more important to me because yeah my son yeah. wants a red one yeah exactly <laughs> and, and 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 hopefully that people will wear them they'll enjoy them for what they are yeah. i hope i hope it Fun. sparks conversation i hope you know, we see some really cool, I, I really want to see some cool uh, watch content on the gram. I want to see yeah. really cool, you know, I would love to see the standard red bar meat photo of all the watches on the table, but yeah. just maybe like a, a, um, a wrist shot of everyone there in a circle and it's all of them yeah. around. How cool would that be? You know, sure. and if you could coordinate it, guys, even better to actually be like roughly in the same planetary alignment uh, at a time, nerdy. But you know what I mean? <laughs> that would be like, super nerdy. <laughs> it would be super nerdy. I'm not saying do it at the distances because you're going to need a mega <laughs> wide lens. However, the point being is, is you know, you could potentially do that. You know, you could get the sun in the middle and you could bring them all the way out the way that they would be. But you know, I mean, I, I, I just think, like I said, I think there's potential fun involved as well in the totally. future posts and i do look forward to it and hopefully you know when um it all comes down and people can get them hopefully i'll be able to get the one i want or maybe two i'm not too sure because that's yeah. the joy of it they're so cheap for what they are i can get yeah. multiple and i won't feel bad about it you know and maybe like i said we can do a follow-up where we can talk about actually um getting them and what our thoughts Deal. are on now, yeah. that, now that we have them or you know when when we get them i think that'd be really cool and i think it'd be cool to drop a sound bite in there um, of dorian to see his opinion on his red watch um but then you know i i, I think that'd be a cool follow-up um so yeah you know really cool to chat about it i think it's been yeah. fun i think it i think it's only going to continue to be more fun I couldn't agree more. It's just going to get even more fun from here, especially when more and more people are going to get access to them. So if you are interested in the Moon Swatch, go ahead and go to the Swatch website and you'll find an entire section dedicated to them and you can find out what boutiques around the world are going to have them. When I left a YVR, I overheard that even the Swatch boutique up there this last weekend should have been restocked if people wanted to go and get them. But also we know from Swatch that in the weeks to come, they will also be available on the internet off of their site. So you don't have to go to one of the exclusive boutiques around the world. But regardless, if you're interested in them, check them out. And more importantly, be enthusiastic about them and have fun with them. Use them what they're intended to be. That wraps up this edition of the Analog Explorer. Thank you again so much for tuning in, rating, reviewing, wherever you like to get this podcast. And if you want to stay in the loop, be sure to check out the Substack for Analog Explorer. It's at analogexplorer.substack.com. And if you want to hear the more director's cut of my talk with Dan, be sure to check out his show, Zulu Time Podcast, wherever you like to get your podcasts. I'm AJ Barce, your Analog Explorer. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in.